The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, so we have to try and make sense of all this, and will we ever make sense of it? Probably not. Probably not, and... Uh, John McMullen, he's the guy with the answers, and if he doesn't have answers, he's the closest one to the answer. So follow John on Twitter, at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated, at si.com, and he extends the play, extending the play every Saturday right here on AM 1490 from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, I led off the show tonight, and I may have, I don't know if I touched on this last night with you, but I said the most frustrating part of this is last night was typical Eagles and typical in the sense of no consistency 23-17 late garbage touchdown looks much closer on paper than it really was but you just no progress Carson did just enough to not bench him and here we are once again we've learned nothing we have no better feel for the team as we head into week 13. No, I, I think that's very fair to say, and you could argue he did plenty uh, to bench him. I, I mean, the start of that game was just terrible. They didn't have a first down uh, until a little under five minutes left uh, in the first half. They were 0 for 5 on their first five third downs. Uh, if you go back to Jalen Hurts' first play in the game, which I, I think was the first play in the second quarter, it was a six-yard pass to Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, you yawn. That was the biggest play in the game up until that point. And offensively uh, for the Eagles, and uh, obviously they go right back to Wentz on the next play who takes a sack, drive over. Um, so you could have argued uh, that if the lease was truly as short as 
some had reported and some had speculated, and Jeffrey Lurie had said, you got to sit this guy if he continues to play poorly. Well, he continued to play poorly. So either Doug said, screw you uh, to, the, to the owner, I'm going to do what I want, or, or that was uh, a little bit overblown. But either way, I mean, look, this Carson Wentz story is amazing. It really is. I, I, I can't I, – I've looked and I've, I've poured through the record books. I can't come up with another quarterback who was as successful as Carson Wentz just dropping off the cliff like this in his fifth season – with no uh, new injury concerns, you know, you talk about the injuries before, and everybody says, well, maybe he's not the same. And he isn't the same athletically. But he returned from those injuries to play at a pretty high level. Does everyone forget that? I mean, look at his numbers in 2018 and 2019. They're good. Um, this is unbelievable. And I, 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 there's so many moving parts to it, the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs, um, which Doug constantly points out. And, and it's true. I mean, there's a lot of people playing poorly on that offensive side of the football um, past Carson Wentz. But, again, when you talk about good quarterbacks, they mask the deficiencies of, of, of other players. And Carson Wentz is doing the opposite of that right now. Uh, I mean, he's just a bad he's just a bad football player right now. And I never thought I'd be saying that. I never thought you would be saying that either. John McMullen, uh, extra extra, read all about it. Said Carson Wentz is not he's not he's a bad football player right now. And you're you're right. I, I mean, I'm joking, but you're you're a hundred percent right. And it's been. You know, some fans have felt this for a year or two, and, and there's been inconsistencies and flashes of greatness, flashes of, ugh, that was really ugly. Uh, so let me ask you a couple questions that are going to be really difficult to answer. Number one, how did we get here? And I know how we got here, but how did the team and organization fail him, and how do they fix this? How did they fail him? I, I, I don't think they failed Carson Wentz in any shape or form other than, you know, personnel deficiencies, which happen to every team. It's a, it's a, it's a cyclical industry, um, and, I mean, we all know that. You, you, you have your up years, you have your down years, um, and, and even if you put together – two decades of success like the Patriots did, for instance, uh, eventually Father Time's coming for your key players and whatever, and, and the cycle starts over. Um, the Eagles went too long with, with their Super Bowl core and thought the championship window remained open when it didn't. So they made a lot of mistakes. They had an aging, expensive roster. And the chickens have come home to roost so to speak, from that standpoint. But I don't think that's failing the quarterback. Um, you know, the same I, – I, 
you know, I wrote about this on Philly Boys a couple weeks ago. Everybody seems to have one theory, you know, the coaching. It was it was Frank Reich and John Filippo. And I said the bottom line is he has succeeded without those two coaches. His best statistical year was 2018. He had another good year in 2019, and they were both long gone. Um, the skill position talent, you go back to December of last season when he was excelling with Greg Warden, Boston Scott, and Josh Perkins, Deontay Burnett. Uh, he's done it in the past. Uh, and I said the one thing he hasn't had to deal with, and this is the first year he's had to deal with, is a bad offensive line. Um, and that's fair to point out. However, I, again, you've, uh, Russell Wilson uh, is a true star quarterback, and early in his career, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, and he went to another one with a bad offensive line. Um, and that's what I, I, I mean. Aaron Rodgers, for years, has had bad receivers outside Devontae Adams now. Um, he manages. I mean, again, he's not in, in that category, nor nor was he ever in that category. I think, you know, people that tried to uh, put him with the elite quarterbacks uh, were fooling themselves, kidding themselves. But, again, I, I think most people said, okay, this guy's right there. He's probably a top ten quarterback. And I've said it before, on on a good season, he might get up to seven or eight. On a bad season, he might fall to 12 or 13. Take out the backup quarterbacks. You can argue that have been forced to play. You can argue this has been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, Carson Wentz. I, I never thought I would say that. No, I, I don't think any of us would ever think that it would get this bad. Uh, we're talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, sportsillustrated at si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And when I asked you, John, how did the organization fail him, I don't think the organization failed him, but I'm just trying to figure this out. Like, okay, I- I'm sure it was tough, but... Too bad. It's the pros. Tough being you watch someone else lead your team that you led all year and put them in that position to the Super Bowl and win it. Now you fast forward. They drafted a quarterback this year. A lot of injuries, both sustained by himself and important players around him. So he's been through a lot, and he hears the noise, whether they want to admit it or not. So I'm just trying to think, like, okay, how has this been a tough road for him in recent years, and what could they have done differently? I, I, I don't think they needed to do anything differently, though. He's a big boy. No, uh, and, and Doug kind of said that uh, today when I asked him uh, about you know exchanging and changing quarterbacks in game and how that affects the flow, and and you know because Doug played that position a long time, and I know what Doug believes behind the scenes. Um. He doesn't want to play two quarterbacks. Nobody wants to play two quarterbacks. That's laboratory stuff. That's that's off-season stuff. To be honest, that's idiot stuff. That's stuff that Jeffrey Lurie comes up with, two quarterback offense. That's stuff Howie Roseman comes up with because he's not a football guy. 
Nobody wants two quarterbacks. The old cliche, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And that's true, and you're seeing it again. Um, and I wrote about that on Sports Illustrated today. You can bench Carson Wentz. Nobody can argue at this point that that guy doesn't deserve to be benched. Um, you can also say Jalen Hurts is not ready and say, you know, Carson's going to be here next year anyway, so we're going to stick with him and fight through this. Either or is fine. I, I think you can make an argument for either. The only thing you can't make an argument for is both. That's stupid. And that's what, you know, that was the brilliant plan that was come up by the non-football people in this organization. And they're not smart enough to, to know what they don't know, to be honest, in my opinion. How far off is Jalen Hurts, though? Like, fine, I'm, I'm sure he's not where he would want to be, ideally, but is any rookie ever? Uh, and with how bad Carson Wentz is actually playing right now, <laughs> I mean, what the heck are they waiting for? I'm almost, it's getting to the point, John. Like, what the hell are you doing if you're Howie, if you're Doug? Because you selected this kid, and we've talked about this before, with the 53rd overall pick, if not now, then when? It's like they only did this as an insurance policy for injury. But what about poor play? This is almost worse than an injury. So what are they doing? They, they just look like idiots in, in my mind at this point, John. Well, I think one half of the equation does. I don't necessarily think the other half does. Again, you because of the contract, it, it, it's not as simple as, okay, he's playing terribly. Um, let's play the other guy. Because, again, you don't want to be the team with the $35 million backup quarterback. Um, and if you bench him, remember, uh, in theory, your ultimate goal would be to trade him. And this is a enough of a quarterback-efficient league to understand that somebody's going to be desperate enough to take a chance and say, okay, we can fix that guy. We've seen him play at a high level. Uh, we can get him out of uh, a toxic environment and, and turn him into a player again. Somebody's going to say that. Um, so your goal would be to get, obviously, as much back as possible if you bench a guy, you're hurting his value on the open market. That's number one. Um, so, and the second part is, yeah, I mean, you had the no off season, the virtual off season. It was difficult for all rookie quarter quarterbacks. But you see, you know, Joe Burrow, who's obviously the first overall pick before he got hurt, playing well. Justin Herbert playing well. Now those are a different level, but. The point is, they weren't ready to play either, and sometimes you just got to throw a guy in the pool. And, yeah, the offense is going to be scaled back. He's not going to be able to do uh, as many things, but so what? He can't accomplish anything with with doing those things right now. So, again, I, I would have no problem if they said this, this guy, Carson Wentz, is playing so poorly, we got to sit him down and play Jalen Hurts. Or I would have no problem if they say, you know what, the reality because of the contract, contract situation, we can't trade him. So he's going to be our quarterback in 2021. 
so we want to stick by him. I can agree. I could understand that part of it as well. The only part I can't agree with is this stupid get back and forth. And even if it's just two plays like it was last night, that's got to stop. That's just got to stop. Pick one. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that that's how they're getting him involved. Oh, go ahead. Here's a one play that you can run for six yards or a quick out. Yeah, it's just it's silly how they're using Jalen Hurts. It's like, well, see, you know, we we drafted him and he's playing every week. It's it's a joke. Um, all right, outside of the quarterback. Well, for, and, and real quick, Ryan, you hit yeah. the nail on the head because they drafted him at fifty three because it was reported. Uh, by me and others that the other two players being considered were J.K. Dobbins and Jeremy Chin. And you see what Chin did this week, or, or yeah, it was this week, two consecutive defensive touchdowns. I've never seen that before in my entire life. Uh, he could be the defensive rookie of the year. Um, and, and Dobbins uh, obviously would be an impactful part of this rotation that no longer exists in the backfield. Uh, behind Miles Sanders, uh, they would both be key contributors on this team, and those were the two players the Eagles were considering, along with Jalen Hurts. And they picked uh, a kid who has not only affected uh, probably the starting quarterback from a mental standpoint, he doesn't play. It was a dumb pick. I said it that night. I said it the day after. I wrote about it. It remains true to this day. It was a dumb, dumb pick. And that's not an insult on player. That's an insult on the general manager. Yeah, sure. That's not, yeah, you're, you're not insulting Jalen Hurts. That's just the reality of the stupidity of, of that decision to go in that direction, given the, the landscape of the roster at that, that time. And especially now you say, man, what if they went a different direction? How much would that help this team at this point in time? Uh, John, switching gears now away from Carson, and you can probably guess who I'm going to, head coach Doug Peterson, because there's a lot of talk today now, and this isn't the first time. Didn't only start today, but for anyone that wants to take some pressure off of Carson's shoulders in the media industry, we're talking about Doug, and it's Doug that has failed to incorporate Jalen Rager, and it's Doug that has failed to make Carson Wentz's life easier, and it's Doug who doesn't know how to use Travis Fulgham now and Miles Sanders now, and you get my point. So is that just ludicrous to me? Because I'm not afraid to criticize Doug, but I think right now it's clear as day. Like, okay, they fired Doug. What does that change things? Like, are you seeing any legitimate concerns from the coaching standpoint? Um, yes. I mean, they're not performing well. I, I think the bigger concerns, and I, I think there were two examples of this, uh, two key examples, the fourth and four play, you know, you know me, Ryan, I always talk about play calling, and, and people aren't uh, deciphering play calling when they're criticism. They think they are, but they aren't. Um, the fourth and four play, everyone says it's a bad call. Well, it, it was there, uh, but Carson Wentz and Dallas Goddard weren't on the same page. Uh, Goddard sat down, went inside. He was, uh, Wentz expected him to go outside. They're not on the same page. Now, you can say 
Dallas was hurt for a long time. He wasn't around. These guys are veteran players. They should be on the same page. So that is the stuff you should be criticizing. Uh, then you go back to the, the red zone play when the Eagles were driving. Uh, Jamal Adams blitz, uh, sack of Carson Wentz, one of six. Everybody says, oh, what a disaster. Eagles had the perfect play call dialed up for that. They were running a wide receiver screen on the side Adams was coming to, which would have left Rager wide open for a potential touchdown. He doesn't know the play. He runs a route down the field. Now, he's a rookie player, and he's been out at times for significant periods as well, but we're in week 12. Why is this guy not prepared? Those are coaching deficiencies, and those are legitimate criticisms, and that's where people should be focused on um, and, and, and stop worrying about the inane play calling. That's personnel issues. That's execution issues. Uh, the guy didn't win a Super Bowl less than three years ago and turn into an idiot from a play calling standpoint in less than three calendar years. It doesn't make sense on the surface. Um, so from that standpoint, there, there are valid criticisms. There are not valid criticisms. But I think Doug as a whole is getting tired of this situation. And I think he's looking – honestly, I think both sides are looking at the other side of the fence, so to speak, and both are seeing green grass. I think in Doug's uh, case, uh, and I've said this before, if he gets fired, he's going to be unemployed for 30 minutes. If Howie Roseman gets fired, which he's not, by the way, uh, he's not getting a job that quickly. might get another job because he's got the Super Bowl on the resume, but it's going to take a, a little bit of convincing. Um, but, you know, from Jeffrey Lurie's standpoint, it, it, it seems pretty clear that he didn't learn a damn thing from Chip Kelly. He did not learn a thing. Um, and I, I think he's going down a, a dark road again where he wants this nonsense, this innovation. I talked about the two quarterbacks. Um, he's always trying to be ahead of the curve when it comes to offensive football. Look, that's what the modern NFL is about. He's right about that point. He's absolutely right about that point. But he's so concerned on getting the flavor of the month, the guy that's popular, and he didn't learn it. Damn, everybody wanted Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was this. Chip Kelly was a, a, a con man, a cult leader. I don't know what you want to call him. He was great, but... That was the emperor had no clothes, and Jeffrey Lurie didn't learn a damn thing from it. I mentioned that John writes for phillyvoice.com in a great article posted today talking about defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz and how it relates to what they decided to do game plan-wise going up against D.K. Metcalf. And, and, John, we talked a little bit about this live during the game last night. I thought the Eagles' defense overall was 
solid. Now, DK Metcalf went off, and Darius Slay was left on an island at times. So that's the area that you can criticize. How are you uh, recapping this? And if you want to just touch on some points you made in the article. Well, I, I, I don't I, – I think the defense played well enough to win uh, that, that football game. And if you're going down a checklist of things, why the Eagles lost, you're, you're checking off a lot of boxes before you get to the defense. Uh, and, and DJ was uh, – DK was pretty much the only – um, player that that hurt the Eagles consistently, um, and, and uh, you know it was interesting because look, he's got a chip on his shoulder um, about the Eagles to begin with uh, because they passed him over in the draft. He's sort of like the fan base here, um, so he has that chip to begin with. And then Jim has a ton of respect for him, and he went up <laughs> pregame, and he and he was saying. He complimented him. He, he said, uh, basically, you're the you're the closest thing to Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson, which is pretty good, uh, by the way. Uh, but obviously, Jim had Calvin in Detroit, and you know, I, I don't know DK that well, but there are a lot of young players who don't, you know, they don't care about the history of the game. They don't understand the history of the game. And maybe he didn't understand what a, what kind of compliment that was because he took that as a slight. Um, and anybody who's in the conversation with an all-time great should be thrilled. Uh, so it, he, he used that as motivation. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, Jim Schwartz has been around for a long time, and, and he often uses uh, – uh, you know, a lot of lessons he's learned over the years, and I think he's always says you you continue to learn. I think he learned a new one. And, you know, you say something to a player on the other side and you think uh, it's a compliment and they take it a different way and they use it as motivation. So even miscommunication can be motivation. And I think Jim Schwartz learned that uh, with D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, I think D.K. Metcalf can just – pick an item out of a hat as to use for motivation and and it will work I mean, the, the dude is is a freak of nature anyone who's but he's not calvin johnson and he doesn't no. understand that or maybe he doesn't understand that but yeah that's not you know and, and by the way Barry slay uh, it's hard to say he he played well um he was around the football for the most part he was around dk Metcalf. I compared it to like a lockdown defender in the NBA guarding Michael Jordan and just making him work and work and work. And after 48 minutes, you look up and you look at the box score and he's got 40. Um, and that's the kind of game it was. But, you know, DK brought his A game. And, and if he brought his, you know, B or C game, it probably would have worked out great. But when great players are having great nights, you can work hard. You can make it more difficult for them. But they just light it up, and he lit it up. He lit it up, and the Eagles got lit up once again. And, and here we are, John, uh, 23-17. The score doesn't really 
describe the style of that fight, so to speak. Uh, follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com. Go check out John's work there, as well as si.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Uh, before I let you go, John, any other housekeeping items surrounding the team that we haven't touched on? Well, it was a bad day for Philadelphia natives. Will Parks uh, got uh, released, uh, and Shariq Miller got released off the practice squad. Uh, so he's gone again. Um, little, you know, Will Parks was a guy I think a lot of people thought had an opportunity to earn uh, a spot on the defense, but he had a hamstring injury. He was out for the first five games. Um, and, and I think the Eagles kind of are at that point where they're saying, well, he signed a one-year deal. He's, he's not going to be back next year anyway. So we got Kayvon Wallace. We got Marcus Epps. We got Graylin Arnold. We got Elijah Riley. Let's take a look at these young guys. And that's that's the point we're getting to with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, John. Well, Plenty to get to throughout the week, and we're just scratching the surface. So we'll do it again tomorrow night right here on The Fix for your football fix every night, Monday to Friday, 1030. All right, John, I appreciate it, my friend, and we will talk again tomorrow. All right, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. There he is, Johnny Mack. Follow him on Twitter at McMullen. Our Eagles insider does a great job for Sports Illustrated, for phillyvoice.com, and hosting, extending the play right here every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. How are we feeling out there, listeners, fans, about this Philadelphia Eagles team? We love to play the blame game. Who are you defending right now that's getting criticized? Who are you throwing under the bus? And I say throwing under the bus, but it could be Rightfully so. Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie. The list goes on and on. The offensive line. Um, And how do we fix this? Do you think Carson should be benched? What should the Eagles do at the quarterback situation in the offseason? There's there's so many questions. um, and, And none of us have the answers. But the scariest thing and the reality of it is the organization doesn't have the answers either and they're in a hole they're in a ditch and they don't have a shovel to dig their way out of it uh so it's a mess it is a mess phone lines are open 609-601-3290 we're going to go to break here in just a minute to get to the top of the hour vsin update and when we come back We'll have one hour down, two more hours to go, live in the Prop Swap studios. I want to do a quick recap from NFL Week 12 against the spread. Still have to get into early lines, spreads, totals, value bets for NFL Week 13. Talk about the Steelers and Ravens game. Finally, hopefully, I don't know, no one knows, tomorrow, uh, matinee kickoff midweek for the NFL Steelers Ravens we have plenty to get into tonight on the fix we're going to take a break when we come back all that and more on AM 1490 sports betting radio y'all 
You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.